Give it up for Dave and Renee one more time. Yeah, I, uh, newlyweds taking over this morning. Uh, I, uh, I actually had the privilege of being at that wedding, uh, at their wedding, and uh, I was in the back, and I was helping with some, some media and that kind of stuff, and, and uh, I specifically remember that, that wedding because there was so much excitement in the room for them to get married. Like, I've never seen a bride so excited that she's, she's walking around in her dress before the wedding starts because she's just like, let's get this, let's get this going. And so, uh, yeah, it's great. And, uh, and I'm glad to be up here. I'm, I'm honored to be speaking this morning on this theme, State of the Union. How uh, many of you guys have been enjoying this theme so far? Been good? Yeah? Let me, I gotta do a couple of things real quick. Um, so we're in this theme, State of the Union. And uh, how many of you guys remember the message that, that our fearless leader, Pastor Adam, opened up this theme with. And he talked about when you find a wife, it's like a treasure in a, in a field, and you have to go out and search out that treasure. And, uh, and I loved that. I loved that, that illustration, right? Because God created things to get better over time. Things aren't supposed to, things, the way they start, it's not how they're supposed to finish. God created things to get better over time, right? And, and marriage is included in this, that if your marriage is centered around Christ, then as your marriage matures and goes on, it will get better, right? It doesn't get worse, it gets better. And when I started dating my wife, there are a lot of things that lured me in, okay? And blonde hair, blue eyes, and a curvy waist were one of those things, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All the guys can say amen to that, right? But, but I have... I finally understand now why it was stressed on me so much to find a woman of God. I didn't really understand what the big deal was at the time. I always thought, oh, but I can, you know, any girl's fine, and then she'll get saved, and everything will be fine later. And, but I finally understand now why it was so important to find a woman of God, and it's because the longer I've known her, the more layers that I've peeled back, I've began to see things that I didn't notice at first, and things have only gotten better. So young guys, don't chase after a girl who flaunts their treasure. There's a lot of girls in our world today that walk around flaunting their treasure, showing you what you can get. It's not as good as what's hidden. So find a woman who hides her treasure. But, uh, but this theme, <laughs> this theme, uh, it's, been, it's, been, uh, it's been fantastic every week. We had uh, Bryn speak. Uh, last week and, and spoke an amazing message, and we had Dave speak about, about teamwork and marriage, and it's just been a great month, and I believe that God's given me a word to share with you this morning, and if I'm totally being honest, I've had a little bit of a hard time as I've gotten closer to this morning, and when I, when I was first asked to speak, I was extremely excited, extremely uh, honored to be able to do that, uh, but as this morning got closer, I started to struggle a little bit, and in my mind, I was fighting this feeling of being a little unqualified to talk to you guys this morning about marriage. Because, as you guys know, I haven't been married for a long time. I just celebrated three years of marriage, uh, February 9th, and, uh, and I know there are a lot of people in this room who have been married a lot longer than I have that have been through more things, that have, have gone through more things that I haven't experienced, that have raised kids and had a family, and, and, and we've heard from three strong men this month, and you could say their marriages have aged like fine wine, right? Like it's their, their age and experience, and meanwhile, I just celebrated three years, so, so I'm, not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna act like I have all the answers this morning, because I don't. I'm not gonna stand like I've been through it all and, and I know what you're going through and all these things. I'm not gonna act like that. But one thing I do know is that what is written in the word of God works. 
it works, right? The Bible isn't just a book about God. If you're not familiar with church, if this is your first Sunday here, if you've only been here for a short period of time, the Bible is not just a book written about God. It's a book that came from God, a book that's inspired by the Spirit of God, and it's an instruction manual on how to live your life. And so you have an option in this room. You can either build your life on the never-changing Word of God, or you can build your life on culture's ever-changing Word. But I've made the decision to build my life on the Word of God that never changes. And so I've tried to apply everything that this book says, I've tried to apply it into the areas of my life. And by doing what it says, I can tell you that God has blessed me abundantly in every area because, because I just tried to build my life on the foundation and the structure of what he gave us. God has provided for me and my wife all the way through everything we've been through. And, and we've only been married for three years, so you're probably like, you haven't been through that much. And you're probably right. There's probably a lot more to come. But through the first three years I was married to my wife, it was a very, it was anything but usual three years. It was a very weird three years. And uh, you know, three months before I got married, we had Jose Vargas come uh, to this church. And he prophesied to me that, 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 that God would be, God would provide financial stability for me and my wife. Three months before I got married. And, uh, you know, when we got married, Lisa wasn't able to, to work a job, and she wasn't able to do those things. And so it's not like finance was one of those things that was just free flow, do whatever we want, right? And so, and so uh, when we first got married, he prophesied that to me, and that is exactly what God has done. That every step of the way he has provided for us, right? Lisa, she followed in the, in the steps of, uh, of her sister Cindy, and, and she began to start a, a business, and the first few ideas she had were really bad. Like, they just were really bad. And, like, the first idea was she was going to start, like, painting plates for kids' parties. So she was buying these, like, porcelain plates and, like, these paint markers. And she was, like, trying to draw, like, ducks and stuff on them. And I was like, yeah, babe, look great, right? But, and, then we, <laughs> and then we found all those plates, like, five boxes of porcelain plates stashed under our bed. <laughs> Thank God these are still here, okay? And, uh, and then she started thinking about, like, we went to Ikea one day, and, you know, Ikea is the home of non-lasting furniture, and so there were these, uh, there were these, like, little wood stools about this big, and Lisa's like, ah, oh, business idea. I'm going to draw an animal's face on the top of the stools, and it's just another idea. You're just like, yeah, I could see myself buying that, you know what I mean? Like, and, uh, but finally it came to her, poofs, you know, like, poof, poofs, you know, and, uh, and uh, so she started making these poofs of floor ottomans, and, uh, and it's just because we couldn't afford one of our own, so she's like, I'm going to make one. And so we had one, and, uh, and those started selling, and, and God has blessed that, right? It's funny because I'm so young, but I take, fat, I, take, I take pride in the fact that we've never been late on a payment, and we got married with no debt. I believe that's a gift from God, Right? <laughs> When we first got married, we went through some problems and some complications in, our, in her immigration. And uh, I met my wife in South Africa. Her parents are missionaries there. And after being married for three years, we were really, after, after being dating and all that stuff, we, we got married. And we were really excited that the long distance was no longer a thing. That we were moving past it. It, didn't, it wasn't going to affect us anymore. And then three months into our marriage, we realized very soon that that wasn't going to be the case. At three months into our marriage, she actually had to fly back to South Africa. And, she, and so we started this immigration process, and she was legally only allowed to be here for three months at a time. 
And so she would fly here, stay here for three months, and then we'd have to fly her back home on a one-way ticket and, and kind of just wait until we can afford to fly her back again. And, uh, and it, it was weird. It was hard. We were so excited that we finally overcame this distance thing, and it was finally over just to find out that it was all just starting all over again. And so we started that again, and, and I remember specifically one trip she was gone, and, and, and I didn't have the money to bring her back. Like, I just, I couldn't afford it. And, uh, and so I didn't have the money. I didn't know what I was going to do. And, and I got a phone call, and, and some guy was like, hey, you know, we're, we're working on this studio. We need someone to come put up lights. The guy, we, the guy we ordered, he came, hung them up, wired them, did everything. Doesn't look good. Can you come? And I was like, sure, I'll come. So I came, I went over to this guy's studio, and I was kind of, I realized that this guy did a fine job. He just did it before they built the, the stage, and so all the lights weren't on the stage. So literally all I did was grab a ladder and position the lights to point at the stage. He was like, wow, it looks amazing, right? And I was like, yeah, I know, you know, pay me for my time, you know? And, uh, and so he, uh, he asked me how much I would charge him, and I felt kind of bad, and so I gave him an amount, and, uh, and, and uh, he came back and he handed me a check for double what I asked for, and it was the exact amount that I needed to buy Lisa a plane ticket back home. But it's because God provides a way, right? Uh, last time she, the last time she ended up flying back to the U.S., we thought we were finally getting to the end of our immigration, right? We're, we had her plane ticket, and, or she was coming back into the U.S., and, and, and we were finally like, oh, it's fun. And we're getting so close. I'm at LAX. I'm waiting for her. She gets stopped at security, gets, take to, gets taken to secondary, and, and, and because they saw a chance of immigration fraud with how frequently she was flying back and forth. And so I'm sitting there, and they took her phone. We had no contact, no communication, not even a message knowing what was going on. I sat at the LAX airport for 14 hours, believing that somehow, <laughs> somehow it would happen. And I went and asked. I went to the information booth. I was like, hey, do you know what's going on? I like, gave the flight number, all that stuff. And he's like, do you have her, uh, you have her full, like, full name? Yeah, I told her her full name. And he told me, just looked at me and told me that they had just printed a return ticket that she was going back home. And so she was getting denied entry. And so I was kind of like just super bummed. And uh, I, I ended up uh, sitting and hanging out and talking to some girl from Pretty Little Liars while I was there. And she was sitting next to me. We were talking. And, and uh, so I'm sitting there. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just like for some reason there's just still a part of me that just believes like, no, this isn't, this isn't right. You know? And so uh, I'm praying and believing. And, uh, and an hour later, no, no text message, no phone call. Here she comes up the ramp coming back, and uh, some guy let her through. And so we just see again that God has been faithful to us, right? In 2020, things started to look really good for us. We were finally getting to the end, right? Like we, were, we, we bought her plane ticket to go back home. It was the final trip that we were going to have to do. She was going to go home, go to her interview, and she was going to fly right back with a green card. And we were super excited, and we were out to eat the day before she was supposed to fly back home. We were at Cheesecake Factory. I get a phone call from my grandpa, um, Pastor Larry Neville, and I get a phone call from him telling me, hey, do not fly her home. And I'm like, dude, you're crazy. And she, he's, he's like, no, seriously, do not, buy, do not send her home. And so I call my lawyer, and I'm like, hey, can we meet tomorrow? We go and met with my lawyer. This is the day she's supposed to leave. We're meeting with my lawyer. We tell her, look, COVID was starting to come around. We didn't know what was going to happen. We told her we don't know if we want her to fly home. We ended up canceling all of our immigration, restarted from scratch. 
had to give up all the progress we had made. We restarted from the beginning. The next day, the country shut down its borders because of COVID-19 was declared a global pandemic. And if we wouldn't have done that, she would have been gone for who knows how long until they would have let her back in. And so all through my life, I look back and I can see the blessing of God through our marriage, right? And so I don't have all the answers, right? I don't, I don't have them all. But one thing I do know, what's written in the word of God is true. It's true. Mark 10 verse 9 says, therefore what God has joined together, let no man separate. And this scripture has become real life to me. And so I believe that, tonight, that this morning, that regardless of how little I've been married, regardless of how much more experience some of you may have over me, I believe God has given me a word that will bless you. And so I believe there are a lot of similarities between our relationship with each other, our relationship with our spouse, that, are, that we have in our relationship with God. There are certain qualities in your relationship with God that are meant to be applied to all relationships with each other. And this morning, I want to talk to you really just about one word. I want to share one word with you, and that word is consistency. Someone say consistency. God has called all of us to be consistent. Consistent in our relationships with each other, consistent in our relationships with our husband or wife, and consistent in our relationships with him. And, and I believe that if you would commit to being consistent, if you will commit to being consistent in these areas in your life, you will see these areas begin to improve. And as I've studied this area in my life, there are three important things I have seen bloom out of a life of consistency. Because I've tried everything in my power to live a life that's consistent. And these things have not only helped my walk with God, but they've helped my relationship with people here. And they've helped my relationship with my wife in our marriage. And the first thing I want to tell you is that consistency, it brings us close. How many of you guys know that life has the ability to get out of control? Right? It has the ability to get out of control. And I think that that's something that we can all agree on. And life can get really busy. And, and this is something that doesn't stop as you get older. In fact, the older that you get, seems like the crazier life gets. And, and I, can, I can give you a few examples. You know, when you're going through school. I didn't graduate that long ago, and so I can still use this example. When you're going through school, as you move up in school, it doesn't get easier or less work, right? It gets harder, right? Because that's how life works, right? We all like to think that, that once we graduate and we start making some money, life is going to get a lot easier. It doesn't. Money makes everything harder than, than it is without having any money. Like, I had no problem asking my mom for 10 bucks to eat 10 chicken sandwiches from Carl's Jr. in one sitting. But all of a sudden, I wasn't going to do that anymore when it was my own money, right? Right? And then, and then as you go through life, you get married. When you get married, that's going to eat up a big chunk of your time. Right? It doesn't get easier. And then, and then as you, like, in your marriage, you have kids. And, and, also, and everything demands for time, right? As you get older, your life will continue to get crazier. We take on new projects. We start new jobs. We make new friends. We fill our lives and we fill our schedules with all kinds of stuff. Anybody else with me? Yeah? But the problem is, is I don't know about you, but I have fought for routine in my life. Anybody else? We like having a routine. We like routine. And, and we all want consistency in all of these areas. But as we are constantly adding new things, it's impossible to stay consistent in everything. Right? You can't stay consistent in everything that you do, and this is to be expected. I read an article that was done on college students. It says that, 
that college students who worked a part-time job, they average a lower GPA than 2.95, but students who don't have a job average a GPA above 3.15. And that's just common sense, right? Like the more you add to your plate, the harder it's going to be to maintain consistency in all those areas. So what ends up happening is we'll sacrifice consistency in some areas in our lives for consistency in other areas in our lives. Craig Rochelle said this, he said, you have time what you make time for. What's important to you, you'll make time to do it, right? I love the Cleveland Browns, and I will watch every game on Sunday regardless. I can watch it on Tuesday night after I know what the score was, but I'm going to watch the game because I have time for what I make time for, right? And what happens is everything in your life, Every job, every, every single thing, every relationship, it's going to demand one thing from you. And you're going to have to decide, is this relationship, am I going to treat it with convenience or am I going to treat it out of consistency? Everything in your life will fall into one of these two categories, convenience and consistency. And um, I have learned that most of the time marriage isn't convenient. It's not, right? And some of you guys are like, yeah, you guys are afraid to, to respond because your wife's sitting next to you. But marriage isn't convenient, okay? I'll say it, okay? Convenient for me as a dude, I'm a 23-year-old man. Convenient for me is going home after church on Sunday morning, taking my pants off and watching the Browns game, right? Anybody else with me? <laughs> Nothing but a jersey and underwear, right? With a bag of Doritos on my stomach, okay? Um, convenient is going to the mall and only having to shop for yourself, right? Only going to the stores that you wanna go to and buy the shirt that you wanna buy, okay? Convenient is, is buying whatever you want without someone else looking at your banking account knowing like what you're spending money on, right? It's convenient just like spend money on whatever the heck I want to, right? And convenient is going home after work, turning on the TV, and not saying a word to a single person until I wake up the next day. Convenient is throwing frozen wings from the freezer uh, to the air fryer and dinner is served. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do you see where I'm going with this, right? And I think we can all agree marriage isn't necessarily convenient. Marriage requires work. Marriage requires time. It requires patience. It requires more money. It requires more food, right? I've, I've got no problem with a drive through dollar menu dinner. Drive-through dollar menu date night. McChickens and a small fries and a large Diet Coke. No problem with that, right? But I learned really fast that when you're married, all of a sudden, that isn't going to work for a date night. <laughs> McDonald's isn't going to cut it, right? And because marriage, most of the time, it's not convenient. So what we have to do is you and I, we have to make a decision to be consistent. What is consistency? Consistency says, I care about you. More than I care about myself, I care about you, right? Consistency sets the tone for your relationship. Consistency is key for a successful marriage. Consistency says, you can trust me. Have any of you guys ever gone to some random dude on the street and told him your deepest, darkest secret or what you're really struggling with? No, right? I was saying, saying some, right? No? Okay, why? Because you don't trust them, right? You, you have no idea what they're gonna say or what they're gonna do. And so, Consistency, it says you can trust me, right? It brings us close. You can't be intimate if you don't have trust. 
And you can't establish trust if your relationship is convenient. Intimacy is tied to consistency. Intimacy is not purchased with a ring. It's not, it's not bought with an I do, but intimacy is something that you have to prove you're worthy of. Intimacy is something that you have to earn. And how do we earn it? It's by being consistent. It's by being faithful. It's by showing that you care, right? Convenience says me first and then I'll handle you. It says let me do what I want to do and then we'll work out whatever we're going to do for you. Convenient carries an attitude of selfishness. Consistency carries an attitude of selflessness. Someone that's consistent says, I can wait. Someone that's consistent says, let's do what you want to do. Someone that's consistent says, what, you first and then me, right? Consistency says, I don't know. What do you want to eat? That's what consistent says, okay? Consistent says, I've got the game recorded, I can watch it later, okay? That's what consistency says. Consistency, it shows that you care, right? My relationship with my wife is not supposed to be convenient. And it's the same with your relationship with God. Relationship, it comes at a cost. Do you believe that? Christ replicated this for us, right? Christ, he wanted a relationship with you and I so bad that he died for it. He went to the cross, why? To establish relationship with us, to bridge the gap between humanity and God, to establish relationship, and it's no different in the relationships that we have with each other, and it's no different in the relationships you have with your spouse. If you want an intimate relationship with someone, it's gonna cost you something. Some sacrifice is required to have that. This isn't something that just happens. Craig Rochelle said, you will never be faithful if you're not intentional. Because the truth is that in life, things will constantly come up. Things will constantly be added to your plate. You don't know what tomorrow has. You don't know what's going to happen. And so what we have to do is we have to make a decision that I'm going to be consistent. And so that means when I get home from work, regardless of how my day has been, Regardless of how bad of a start I've had and regardless of what kind of mood I'm in, I need to be in relationship with my wife. So when I get home, all of that stuff doesn't matter anymore. I need to be present with her. I need to engage in conversation with her. I need to show her I care about you more than I care about what happened throughout the day, right? And it's the same thing in your relationship with God. When we come into a building like this, what happened throughout the week should not be bothering you. But we should be able to come into a room like this, throw everything that happened off of our shoulders, how our morning started, how bad Starbucks messed up your drink this morning, throw it all off, because when we come in this building, it's our responsibility to engage in relationship with God. Consistency, it brings us close. Are you with me? Yeah? The second thing consistency does, consistency builds strength and endurance. And you don't have to be a genius to know that in marriage you're going to go through some tough seasons, right? You're going to go through times where it's stressful. You're going to have times where, and like, like we heard last week, uh, Bryn and Cindy share, or Bryn share about uh, the tough season that they had to go through when they were struggling with infertility and they, they were trying for years and everything they tried seemed like it didn't work, right? Their struggle was infertility and your struggle may be different. All of us probably have a different kind of struggle, but regardless, you're going to go through hard times, right? In marriage, you're going to go through hard seasons because that's how life works. 
It's no different when you're married than it is when you're single. You're going to go through hard seasons, right? And it'll probably look different for all of us. But couples will have to face hardship. And what will get you through that hardship? Consistency. It's the same in your walk with God. What you do consistently, it will determine the foundation you build your life on. In Matthew 7, uh, verse number 24, Jesus is talking, he says this, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, that word practice, it means habitual application, okay? And so what that means is it's not like we hear it once, we do it once, it's we hear what the word of God says and we constantly apply it to our lives, right? So it says the person who puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock, the rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had the foundation on a rock. Verse number 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great, a great crash. What is Jesus saying right here? Jesus is teaching the story of the three little pigs. Right? It's super simple. He's teaching the story of the three little pigs. He's saying, don't build your life on the foundation of straw. That's what he's saying. Don't build your life on straw. Build your life on the rock. Right? Build your life on a firm foundation. It sounds funny, but a lot of Christians have built their life on straw. And so when you go through hard seasons in your life, the devil comes around, and he's huffing, and he's puffing. And when he goes to blow, he blows you right down. Why? Because you don't have a firm foundation in your life. Psalms 1 verse 2, it says, But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates, it, meditates on his law day and night. What does that mean? It means something that we do consistently, right? Verse number 3, That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers. So what you do consistently determines the foundation you build your life on. Jesus teaches us over and over again how important your foundation to your life is. And it's the same in your marriage. What is your marriage built on? What is your foundation? It's funny, you know, we always ask the question, why is divorce rate so high in our world? Anyone ever ask that? Like, why? It's so crazy, dude. Divorce rate's so high, right? And, and, and we're like, how, how do marriages fall short, and, and it's because they don't have their marriage built on the right foundation. It's simple, right? Like, we've been, we've been talking about purity at our Friday night services with our young people, and we just had an amazing theme. And, uh, and I read this article that I just, I could not really wrap my mind around, just because it seemed like there's no way this could be accurate. But they've taken, a, the, the statistics say that any marriage that starts with sexual impurity before marriage, it has a 50% higher chance of ending in divorce, okay? That's the first statistic. The second one is that only 5% of marriages that take place in the United States every year contain no sexual impurity. 95% of marriages that take place in the United States, either the bride or the groom have engaged in sexual impurity, sex before marriage, whatever it may be. And so we read a statistic like that, and all of a sudden, it's not so surprising why we read the statistics in our world today. Why do marriages not make it in our, in our society? It's because they're not built on the right foundation. 
they started in the wrong way. What, what is the foundation that your marriage is built on? My mom just shared an amazing message on Wednesday about marriages, and she talked about, um, she talked about, uh, was it uh, Fox News? Fox News. See, I listen. Uh, he talked about Fox News, talking about the main reasons why marriages don't make it in America. And one of them was, was infertility. It was, or not infertility, whoa. <laughs> it was uh, infidelity. Very close words, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> and so, <laughs> infidelity. And so, and so she was talking about, you know, infidelity, it doesn't start with just the guys just like, well, looks like I'm sleeping with another woman today. No, it starts something else, right? It starts smaller than that. And I was listening to a message this week, and this guy was speaking. It really caught my attention. He was talking about the story of David. We all know the story of David, and we all know what he did, right? He's, he hooked up with Bathsheba, killed her husband, like bad news, right? And, and that's, the, that's, the, that's the major story, right? And, and as Christians, and just as people, for some reason, it's really easy to put the blame on Bathsheba, because she's got a bad name, right? Like, and so you're like, it's Bathsheba's fault that she was showering on the roof, <gasps> right? Like, that's what we say. But what you don't know is that in that time period, that's where people showered, was on the roof. They bathed on the roof. And so David's mistake wasn't sleeping with Bathsheba. His mistake wasn't getting her husband murdered. It was that he was looking at her while she was bathing. It always starts smaller. You don't just fall off the rails and do everything at the same time. It always starts with little areas that we let slide. Be careful what you build your foundation on. There are too many relationships in our world today that are built on chemistry, but they lack consistency. And I've always heard people talk about chemistry, right? When a relationship doesn't work, what do they say? We just didn't have the chemistry. We're lacking the chemistry. We're not vibing together. You know, like that's what, they, that's what the young people say. What does that mean? I don't know. But uh, we lack chemistry, right? And, and I always hear people talk about chemistry. I never hear people talk about consistency. And here's the problem. Chemistry is a feeling. Chemistry is an emotion. Consistency is an action. And if your marriage is built on a feeling, then it has a weak foundation. I love what Dave shared two weeks ago when he talked about there's too many people that get married not understanding what God's game plan for marriage is. Marriage isn't a spontaneous decision that you make in the, at the spot of a moment. It's not like, oh, we should get married. Let's drive to the court and sign the papers and then we're good and we're not sinning in the eyes of God. That's not what marriage is. Marriage is a life-altering decision and it needs to be thought through. Are you with me? Marriage is easy when you're sitting down on a beach in Hawaii with Hawaiian chips, a Hawaiian sun, in your, in, in your, in your bathing suit, right? And then you look over at your fit wife because you just got married, she had to fit in that dress, you're like, yeah, right? Like marriage is super easy, you know what I'm saying? Marriage is easy when you're shopping for your new apartment with the money that people gave you for your dollar dance at your wedding. It's super easy, right? Like you're just like, woo! Just spending all the money, right? Because it's not yours, so it don't matter, right? It's super easy. But marriage gets a lot harder when you have to return to your normal aspect of life. You see, chemistry can survive anything when it's easy. It can survive anything when you have nothing to worry about, when, when everything's going smooth, but only consistency can persevere through what's hard. And here's the thing. What's hard is a good thing. 
Don't underestimate what God can do through hard seasons. James 1-2, it says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So every single thing that my wife and I have gone through, the stories that I shared earlier, the immigration issues, the long distance, I wouldn't trade my story for anybody else's. Because everything that we've gone through has brought us closer together. Everything that we've endured together has increased the strength and endurance of our marriage. I love my wife more than I did when I married her. My marriage is stronger today than it was when we were sitting on a beach in Hawaii. My marriage is stronger today than it was year one or year two because things are supposed to get better. And if you're consistent, it will get better. Our marriage wasn't built on chemistry. Our marriage wasn't built on a feeling, but because we made the decision to be consistent with each other, our marriage has continued to thrive. I cannot stress to you enough that consistency is an action word. It's not just something you say, it's a decision that you make. Every single day when you wake up, I'm gonna remain consistent. Don't be afraid of difficulty. Because difficulty produces more than easy ever could. Most of you probably know this story, but I have the microphone, so you're going to listen to it again. <laughs> but when I first met my wife, I was on a missions trip to South Africa, and, uh, and her parents are missionaries from the Netherlands. And if I'm being totally honest, I wasn't really itching to be in a long-distance relationship at that time. The idea of long-distance was kind of like, <laughs> nah. Like, that's how, that's how I felt about long-distance, you know? Like... I didn't want to have to buy two, two seats in a movie theater and put my phone facing the screen on the other seat. You know, like, I just wasn't into that idea. I just didn't really want to do it, right? And, and, and it's especially when, when everyone else you see in relationships is having fun, going out on dates and, like, hanging out and all that stuff, and you know that you're signing yourself up not to do that, okay? And so I wasn't really itching to be in a long-distance relationship. I didn't love the idea of the only way we would communicate to each other. Uh, is over the phone. That's why I commend my parents for writing letters because, dude, she would, she would have left me fast because she can't read my handwriting. So I just would have, it would have been over before it started. <laughs> but I didn't love the idea of the 10-hour time difference. I was going to make it difficult, right? But, but let me tell you right now that if there was one thing that I could point to and say I wouldn't change for the rest of the world, one thing that I could point to and say pave the way for the relationship and marriage that I have, it was the distance between us. And I'm sure a lot of you have probably never heard anyone say this before because it is very a very weird thing to say. But I'm so thankful for the 10,000 miles that separated us from each other. Because off the bat, it taught me what it was to love her. It wasn't about what we could offer each other. What she could do for me. It wasn't about that. It wasn't about the physical touch of a relationship. It wasn't about the things we did together. But we got to know each other. We learned to talk to each other. We learned to communicate with each other. I would, be in, I would be at this church Monday through Friday. She'd wake up at 10 o'clock. I'd be here waiting for her to answer my phone call. I, and, and she'd wake up at 10. I'd, I'd be here 10 p.m. I'd stay here until the early hours in the morning, and we would just talk. I've seen all kinds of crazy stuff happen on this street because of that. And, and, and I'm, it felt like I was in, like, a horror video game. I didn't know what I was going to do, you know. And, uh, but, but I'm so glad that 
our relationship started that way because it taught us how to talk to each other. We shared dreams and we, we shared our heart for ministry and we shared what we wanted to see God do in our lives and, and we shared what we dreamed of as a future, like all these things. We learned what it was to communicate. And it brings me to the final, the final point of this message is, is consistency clarifies communication. Consistency clarifies communication. Communication is so much more than just a conversation. It's so much more than just talking to each other. The definition of communication, of communicate, it actually means to impart into somebody. And I believe that every time when we come to this building, like this morning, I believe God is communicating to us. God wants to impart something into you. God wants to speak to you this morning. And consistency is so important to be able to actually hear what he wants to say, right? The more you position yourself to hear from God, the easier it will be for you to recognize his voice. Right? Parents here will know what I'm talking about. How many of you guys, you can pick out your kid's voice in, the, in a crowd of a thousand people, right? No issue. Like, you will know exactly that's my kid. Why? Because they never stop talking. You constantly hear their voice, right? You're so used to it, it just turns into noise for you. But, but it, you're so used to it, right? It's the same with your, with your relationship with God. A lot of us, we come to church once a week, once a month, and we come and we're like, okay, God, speak to me, I'm ready. But you have no idea what he sounds like. No wonder you can't hear what he's trying to say. That's why it's so important that we're consistent in our relationship with God. We're consistent in our walk uh, with God because when we're consistent with him, we'll begin to recognize his voice. We'll begin to understand what it is that he's saying. John 10, verse 27, it says, My sheep, they listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And it's the same in your marriage. If you lack consistency, you'll lack clarity. Matthew 19, verse 5, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. What does that word united mean? United doesn't mean that you live together. That's not what united means. United doesn't mean that you share bank accounts. United doesn't mean that you raise kids together. It means so much more than that. It means that you share the same mission. It means that you share the same goal. It means that you're working together. It means that you're on the same frequency. Consistency can put you on the same wavelength. And I have an example I want to show you. And most of you probably have no idea how a synthesizer works, but today is that day. You know what I'm saying? Let's see. Okay. Praise the Lord. Okay, so here we go. So the way a synthesizer works is you have two, this synthesizer specifically has two oscillators, okay? And what an oscillator is, it's just a repeating waveform. So there's all kinds of different waveforms. And they're the same ones you hear about in math. So yes, I'm a nerd. You have the sawtooth, you have the square, you have the pulse, you have all these different waves, okay? You have triangle. And so, and so what a synthesizer does, it just constantly repeats that wavelength of noise and you can tune each uh, oscillator to a different frequency. Okay, so if I play this chord, right, it's just one note, right? All of a sudden, when you get married, it's no longer one person, it's two, right? You with me? Yeah? And so what I can do, you mind if I use your microphone stand? It's very difficult to do this with one hand. <laughs> I wish I was really good like you, Bryn. You're amazing. Okay. <laughs> so what will happen 
is that now you have oscillator one, which is this noise, and then you have oscillator two, which is this noise. And so I can tune this one, right? And so now, if I mix the two together, they're kind of playing together, right? It sounds, it sounds a little bit better when there's two than one, right? It sounds a little more full and all that stuff, right? And so what happens when you get married is it's no longer two voices going at the same time, it's, or no longer one voice, it's two, right? But what's so interesting about marriage is that God called us to live in unity. And so even though there's two voices, they share the same frequency. So marriage is supposed to sound like this, right? That's, that's marriage, right? But in our world today, marriage sounds a lot different. There's a lot of marriages to where there's still two people, but they're not on the same frequency. And so you have one person here, and then you got another person here, right? And all of a sudden, when you mix the two together, it doesn't sound good, right? It doesn't sound good. And this is what marriage has become in our society. It's two people that they, they live together, they share bank accounts, they, they do all those things, but they're not, they're not in mission together. They're not working together. And so, and so you have therapy sessions and people are like, oh my God, he just never cleans, he's so dirty, Ugh, like, right? And then the guy comes in, he's like, well, she never cooks and her food when she does cook isn't that good. And so, but then you mix them together and all of a sudden, it's like, there's no harmony. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You got the girls and they're like, man, he's just so loud when he sleeps, right? He's just so loud and he's never in the mood. And then you have guys that are like, she's always wearing a face mask when she gets into bed. Why would I be in the mood? And then you mix it together and then it doesn't sound good. You get what I'm saying? Are you following me? And so we're living like this where you have two different people with two different mindsets, with two different missions, with two different goals, and that's not what God called marriage to be. God called marriage to be in unity, but instead of us being together, we find ourselves like that. And why is that? It's because you lack consistency. I've learned that in my relationship with my wife that she knows when I'm upset and she knows when I'm not happy. Why? Because we're together all the time. She can point that out in me, right? You know what I'm talking about. Pastor Adam shared a message a few, uh, I called you Pastor Adam Joe, that's brownie points for me, dude. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so um, I, I, uh, I, he spoke a message not that long ago, and he talked about, about the famous verse that every woman hates and every man loves, wives submit to your husbands. Right? You guys know that scripture? You know what I'm talking about? You guys remember that message? Yeah? And I loved what he shared when he talked about what does submit mean? It means to come under mission. To come under mission, to work together for the same goal, to work together for the same purpose. But there's a lot of men who haven't shared their mission or don't have a mission, and so there's nothing for the woman to get under. Why is that? It's because you lack consistency. It's so important. It's not good enough for the husband to come to church and the wife not to come to church. It may work for a moment. It will not last through hard times because that's not consistency. It's a problem if you're in tune with the Spirit of God and your spouse isn't. 
Because when you're in tune with the, with the Spirit of God, when, you, when you're listening to what God's saying, if you have a desire to get what God has put inside of you out and your spouse doesn't, then you're working two different people with two different missions with two different goals. That's why God has called us to live together in unity. Are you with me? Yeah? Philippians 2, 2, it says, being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Have you ever wondered, why do people get offended so easily in our world? happens in church. It happens everywhere you go. Why? Because we live in a world that has taught people to prioritize in their lives what is convenient for them. I heard a pastor say, find a church that fits your faith. What does that mean? What does that mean? And so we've taught people to do what's convenient for them, and they don't have to be consistent. And so what will happen is someone will Someone will grow up in church. All of a sudden, they'll find themselves offended by what the Word of God says because they hear the narrative of culture talking about the approval of all of these things, and then they hear the Spirit of God talking about the disapproval of all those things, right? And so we hear God's stance on, on, on sexual immorality, on, on sex before marriage. We hear God's stance on homosexuality. We hear God's stance on abortion. We hear God's stance on all these things. And for some of us, it offends us. Why? Because you're out of frequency with God. It's because you lack consistency in your life. This is why it's so important for young people Find a man or a woman of God. It is so important who can help you withhold your standards, who can come in agreement with you, who shares common beliefs with you. This is so important why we treat church as a consistent thing than a conveniency thing. Because when a man and a wife are in tune together and in tune to the Spirit of God, when they live devoted lives, seeing God move through their lives, if they share the same holy standard that God gives us, it will put us on the same frequency. I'm so blessed that I found a wife that is as committed to me as she is to seeing me pursue God and her pursuing God. I'm so blessed that I found a wife that has a heart just as big as mine that wants to see God move. That our number one mission it isn't ourselves. It's to see what God is going to do in the lives of others. That's what our mission is. God has called us to live in harmony with each other. I want to ask you this morning, is your relationship convenient or is it consistent? And this applies to everybody. Married or not married. Single, dating, relationship, it doesn't matter. Is your relationship consistent or convenient? If you're not married, is your relationship with God convenient or consistent? Because God hasn't called us to be consistent in some areas, it's all of them, right? Scripture says to be holy in everything that you do. Not some things that you do, but in everything that you do. And so is your relationship convenient or consistent? I believe that there's some people in this, this morning in this building that need to commit to consistency. Consistency in your marriage, consistency in your relationships with each other, and consistent in your relationship with God. There's some areas in my life that I can approve on. There's some areas in my life that I've been treating more out of convenience than I have out of consistency. Maybe for you, you're thinking, what's the foundation of my marriage built on? 
Did you build your marriage on sand or did you build your marriage on the rock? Did you build your marriage on what God says what, that never changes or what culture says that's always changing? How do you change your foundation? You do what God says. You treat your relationship with God with consistency. Matthew 7, 24, he who hears these words and puts them into practice builds his house on a rock. You're not faithful without being intentional in anything in your life. You'll never be faithful if you're not intentional about it. Faithfulness is a a decision, just like consistency. It's a decision that we have to make. So I believe that there's some people in this building today that need to make that decision. I need to live a life of consistency that's not so focused on what I want and so focused on what I want to hear and what I want to do, but someone that needs to pick up the mantle and say, I need to live a life of consistency. Life that says, I'm going to put other people before myself. I'm going to, I'm going to treat my wife like gold, even if I feel like my day is terrible. I'm going to be present with her regardless of what's happening in my life. A marriage that says, I'm going to have a, a marriage that says we're going to be consistent with God. Not just with each other, but we're going to be consistent in tune with the Holy Spirit because we want to see what God wants to do in our lives. If there's anybody in this room that wants to make that commitment today, and I'm standing with you, anybody in this room that wants to decide I'm going to be consistent, would you stand to your feet right now, wherever you're at? Come on, consistency is a decision. It doesn't just naturally happen, but it's a decision that you have to make. Let's make that decision this morning together. I'm not going to live out of convenience. I'm not going to do what only benefits me, but I'm going to live a life of consistency. I'm going to have a marriage of consistency. Father God, we come before you right now, God, and I pray, Lord, that you would help us, God. Help us live a life of consistency, God, that isn't selfish, God, but selfless, God, that cares more about others than we do ourselves, Father God. Help us put you first in our marriage, God, in our relationships, Lord, that our marriage would be a marriage that honors you, Father God. Help us build a foundation. God, help us build our marriage on the foundation of the rock, Father God, of your word that will stay the same throughout all ages, Father God. Even when times change and when opinions change, God, your word will stay the same forever, Father God. Help us build a marriage, God, that will withstand hardship, God, that will withstand difficulty, Father God, because it's not built on sand, God, but it's built on a rock, God. Help us clarify communication with you, Father God. Help us tune in what your spirit is saying, God, that we'll be able to hear your voice, God, to point you out, Father God. Help us live a life of consistency, God. Help us be a consistent people, Lord. We love you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let me sing this out to the Lord.